You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, as always, to give you the quick reactions, the quick takes from the New York Giants game, the most recent performance, and yet another loss for us to break down and give you our quick reactions to. It's not easy going through this stretch of things that we've had to deal with, but the Giants fell to the Green Bay Packers, 31-13, to in the snow and are now two and ten on the season. Now they've they're essentially sliding into a spot where they're going to have a chance at the second overall pick, but I, that's obviously not a goal that many of us assumed that the Giants would be aiming for at the beginning of the season. And, and frankly, Chris, you and I were both pretty optimistic, but right now they're fighting for that second pick, and because the Bengals won today, there's a shot they could end up with the first overall pick. That has a lot of possibilities to it. I, I don't like to think of this as losing. I like to think of this as winning Chase Young. But I think if the Giants do wind up with the first overall pick, we could probably devote an entire show to the various ways they could go about using that pick. But that has not happened yet. It probably still won't happen. So let's just leave that as a possible future. <laughs> and get on to what actually happened in this game. Yeah, certainly a possibility. And heck, heck, if that actually happens and they do have the first overall pick, we'll, we'll milk it as long as we can to break that stuff down because it's very rare for that, for that to happen. Not really a great thing to have happened because it means a losing season, but still there's a chance of it happening. So as we do always, we're going to give you the positives and the negatives from the game. And the first positive that we have from this game is is Julian Love, who is starting to get an increase in the amount of snaps that he's getting during these games. He played a ton today, and from my opinion, I really loved seeing what he did today. He was flying all over the field. He was making plays at the line of scrimmage. He looked very, very aggressive and um, rangy in being able to stretch the field and get get it wherever he needed to and make plays. He wasn't perfect. He didn't have you know a perfect day because the defense was beat for 31 points, but still... As he's starting to get more reps, it's very clear that he could be the future at the safety position. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. And at this point, I think he really should be the Giants' every down free safety. I don't want to say he didn't make any mistakes because he obviously did. He's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. I want to wait until we get a look at the All-22 picture because the TV angle is just terrible for evaluating defensive backs. But I did like the way he plays. I, at this point, would really like to see him be at manning the deep part of the field more often, let the Giants move Antoine Bethea down closer to the box, let him be the strong safety, box safety, how whatever terminology you prefer to use. And that way, if Jabril Peppers can't come back from his back injury this season, there's really no rush. From what I understand, 
that particular injury, which if you don't know what it is, if you picture a vertebra, you picture the little fin wing protrusions coming off the back of it. He fractured one of those. It's something he can come he can come back from before the end of the year, but he's going to be in pain. There's just no way to play football with that kind of injury and not be in pain. Maybe this gives the Giants a chance to just save some wear and tear on Jabril Peppers, let him come back completely healthy and pain-free for next season. Whenever Peppers does come back, and maybe it is next season, maybe it's the very, very end of this year, I'm sure they're probably not going to be rushing him back because it's not like they're in any contention for a playoff spot. But once he's back next year and you have Julian Love and he's more developed, getting some more reps in his absence, they could turn into a very good duo if they work together well and they continue to grow well. Could potentially be a young, strong duo at the safety position. It's very clear that Antoine uh, Bethea continues to make mistakes, and we saw that on a, a touchdown that he allowed because he couldn't flip his hips properly because he's so old and um, not as athletic as he used to be. Old, old sounds a little bit crazy because he's in his 30s, but he's not as athletic as he used to be, and he clearly cannot make those same transitions and, and movements and evaluations as quickly as he used to. So Julian Love's performances are very important to watch, and they're, they're a huge positive mark for this Giants team. Another young guy that had a good performance today was another rookie, an undrafted guy, that is tight end Caden Smith, who had a quiet day. I didn't even know that he had this kind of a performance until the very end of it. Nothing crazy, but still an undrafted guy who had six receptions for 70 yards, leading the Giants in receiving yardage. So that's a pretty big plus for the third tight end on the roster. It really is, especially with the top two tight ends out. You know, Evan Ingram is still dealing with a midfoot sprain. Those can take a little while to get over. Red Ellison is dealing with a concussion. That will be resolved in its own time. So for the Giants to really have this kind of depth show up pretty much out of nowhere is good. I do wonder what this means for... Ingram and Ellison's futures going forward, you know, perhaps after the season with potential trades, potential uh, salary cap moves, that will be something to watch, I think. Yeah, it will be something to watch. And if they choose to not retain and keep Brett Ellison around, and maybe they really liked what they saw from Caden Smith, or even if they want to keep him as that third tight end and they want to be a little bit more heavy, uh, like some teams do in the NFL now, where they'll use three tight ends frequently and often. So if, if they choose to do that, having some more depth and some young players looking good, that's a good sign. So two straight good games from Caden Smith. Hopefully he builds upon that into next game. One of the last positives we have here is Saquon Barkley. It was a little bit more in, in rhythm today. Not a lights-out performance that we're used to seeing like we saw last year and earlier on in the season. But the guy who's been recovering from an issue with his ankle and has not been as explosive and been able to make those cuts like he used to do, had a good day today. 22 touches for 115 yards was one of the brighter spots in this Giants offense. So good to see that he was actually able to get some ground and pick up some yards. Agreed. It was it was kind of an up-and-down game from Barkley. There were those instances where the offensive line kind of got blown up by the Packers and Barkley was getting tackled in the backfield. We saw that on the very first drive. But then we also saw him run through contact, make some of those jump cuts we got so used to seeing from him, show off some of that explosiveness, pick up some yards in the open field. He, he hasn't hit that explosive play yet, but it does feel like it's coming. 
Certainly, and I, I felt like watching him today, he was actually more willing to bounce things outside once he saw that his path of least resistance was to get outside instead of trying to take on people up the middle. It, it felt like it's been a whole year since he did that. It's, it feels like it's been forever since he's gone back to doing what he does, which is finding that open lane on the outside, bouncing it outside, and using that elite athleticism to pick up extra yards. Last little positive we have here, and we're just going to touch on it, is that now that Rosas has a healthy long snapper, he actually had a good day today. He made two field goals, two for two, and you could credit that to the fact that longtime long snapper Zach Diasi was out today with an injury and is likely on the injured reserve. Colin Holba, who was signed to the practice squad and then started today's game, filled in pretty nicely. Things were pretty smooth. The operation was pretty clean, but we're going to take more of a dive into that on the breakdown show. But just wanted to allude to a better performance from Rosas. Up next, we're going to take a look at the negatives from this game. And as you can expect, we're not very happy because the Giants almost lost by 20 points. Negatives. And as always, we always have to preface this. We need to talk about negatives when there's a loss. And the negatives, while we have less today than we do positives... The negatives are far more egregious and far more impactful than the positives we had from this game because it's really what weighed down the Giants. And the first one is Daniel Jones potentially taking a step backward. We'll actually get to take a look at the film and, and see what he was thinking on his three interceptions today. But that long stretch of no picks over the past few games is now over. He threw three today and he had three very questionable decisions in throwing the ball. Yeah, and three was really almost four because he had that one throw at the very end of the game. It was – he underthrew it and threw it behind Saquon Barkley. It boinked off Barkley's head and just out of the hands, just off the hands of Darnell Savage who it picked him off earlier in the game. I don't want to say too much about Jones's interceptions. I did notice he was throwing the ball long. He was overthrowing the ball fair bit today. There were a few where it didn't look like he was throwing the ball away. It just got away from him. And a couple of those turned into interceptions. After the season, I definitely want to go back and take a look at the tape and really see how many interceptions were on him, how many were on receivers, maybe how many he got away with. And just thinking out loud, maybe that will be uh, something I approach Mark Schofield about collaborating on. But Again, that is something for when the season is actually done, even though the Giants have officially been eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah, you alluded to what I was just about to say, that even though the season's not done, it is technically done for them because they only have a few games left. There's no playoffs for them. There's no possibility, despite the NFC East being such a mess in uh, determining what the top team is, considering the Eagles about to lose to the Miami Dolphins right now. But Needless to say, though, this was one of the first games, and and anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I have always been willing to defend Daniel Jones in most of his interceptions, most of them, because a lot of them during the year are because he's getting hit, they're because he is in an awkward position, he's trying to get the ball out, or the ball gets redirected, uh, same thing goes with the fumbles, um, pressure's bearing down on him, makes the wrong decision, or sometimes the, the receivers make an error in, in trying to catch the ball, a wrong route, but th this game, I, I couldn't say that. I, I can't defend him. 
nothing that he did today in, in all three of those picks, there's anything I can defend in. All three of them were bad decisions. They were all bad decisions in the wrong placement. Should not have thrown it where he threw it. Still, though, you, you have to take that with a slight grain of salt because he is a rookie. I do expect him to make those mistakes, but still, I, I can't make an excuse for him in any of them. Yeah, it seemed like there were times where he just wasn't seeing the defense and just not seeing defenders and throwing the ball to them almost as well as he was throwing it to his own receivers. Yeah, it's a fair point that he was throwing it better to the corners than he was to his receivers on those throws. Final negative, and and this was very apparent in a loss that they gave up 31 points defensively. They did not do a great job of getting out of third and long situations. They did a really good job of forcing the Packers offense into third and five or longer in a bunch of times, a bunch of series were in third and long and even a fourth and long. But for whatever reason, the Giants just could not finish and end those drives. And Aaron Rodgers and the Packers kept continuing them and getting first downs. Yeah, I noticed quite a bit. And this is something I'm definitely going to be paying attention to when we break down the film tomorrow. It seemed like the Giants would almost default to a zone coverage. Then the Packers would run play action. Giants would bite on it lose at least one receiver in coverage and Aaron Rodgers is always going to find a receiver who got lost in coverage and I would expand that to just say the Giants struggled to finish you know they were able to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers but never got him on the ground I can still see Lorenzo Carter basically being stiff-armed by Rodgers as he turned what could have been a sack into a four or five yard pickup once again Leonard Williams created pressure but he was always a step or two too slow in the backfield and could never quite bring Rodgers down. The Giants would have defenders in position and never quite make the play on the ball. So that's just something they've got to work on. And I, I would just say that's something they're going to have to work on over the coming offseason because I don't see that getting much better over the last month of a lost season. It was really questionable how they weren't able to get sacks in a lot of these plays. Like They were creating pressure at times in the earlier downs, and they were stopping the run really, really well during this game. I would argue better than they, they've done all season. They were, they were stopping a tandem of running backs that were very, very good for the Green Bay Packers, but for whatever reason, on third and long, they couldn't generate any pressure. Even after sending some blitzes, they just could not get any sacks. There was plenty of time for Rodgers to find somebody and obviously, at some point, there's going to be a break in the coverage, kind of like you were talking about. Those things need to be fixed. We, we talk about things like that every single week. You, you can't allow someone like Aaron Rodgers to have that much time to throw. Otherwise, he's going to continue to pick you apart like he did in today's game. That's going to be it from us, folks. Thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to rate, subscribe, and review wherever you're listening to us. And also, follow us on social media at Big Blue View. Also follow Chris and I. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon, D-E-L-E-O-N-E. And also follow Chris at Raptor M-K-I-I.